0: Hallelujah. Somebody give Narda a hug when she gets off the piano too, okay? She didn't get one, so thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah, I was serious. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for responding there. Uh Hallelujah, Jesus is he's so good. Isn't he good? Oh man. God is good. You know, the Lord is the Lord is teaching us. To open up. For some of us, it might be the first time. You can bring me down. I'm ringing. For some of us, it might be the first time. For some of us, it's it's not the first time. But you will never be disappointed if you open your heart to the Lord. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know that I've ever met anybody that said I really opened up to God and He did. You know, and and I'm. I don't. I wish I didn't do that. I mean, have you ever met anybody that did that? I mean, there's people that have walked away from God and become angry. But, I mean, if you really open up your heart to the Lord, it's good. I didn't say it was easy, but it's good. It might be hard. It might be super hard. But it's always worth it. It's always worth it to be open to Him. And so, just our prayer for you as as our church that this year we'll just we'll just continue to to learn in new ways to open our hearts to the lord that we can stay just as an open book before him as an as an, as an open life you know and that releases worship that releases us to just love him back if you have a worship problem it's a heart problem you have, you're not opening your heart to the love of God. Because when you have the love of God, you will love back. You will respond back with something, ex, some expression of passion and love and worship and honor. It's going to happen. So keep pressing into him. If, if you're like, man, I don't know anything you're talking about. Just keep, keep saying yes to Jesus. Keep opening yourself, keep inviting him say lord i, I 'm I'm, I'm desiring you, Lord, open my heart to you let let me let me experience your goodness, let me know you, God thank you lord well we 're in the book of revelation, and uh, we are in uh, chapter two, so if you want to turn to the book of revelation, not revelations there 's no s on it revelation john 's pastor john 's free little thing if you say revelations that 's the wrong book, so it's one revelation. Chapter 2, verse 18. You have to forgive me, babe. It's uh, commanded in Scripture. <coughs> Don't use that at home for real, gentlemen. <coughs> that's, not, that's not real. <laughs> revelation chapter 2. So, you know, we've been, in these, we've been hearing what Jesus says to the church. You know, these are these were seven real churches in uh, what is modern day Turkey. All of these cities: Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, or Pergamum, and now we're in the city of Thyat- Thyatira. And uh, one of the things that happens if you just preach through something is you get to one that you would normally skip. I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. Like when you know, for most of you don't know what it's like to preach every week, so. First of all, there's, there's pressure to preach every week. When you, we, if you've never been in ministry, you'll know the phrase, Sunday comes every week. doesn't matter if you've had a bad week. It doesn't matter if your life fell apart. doesn't matter what, what you've gone through. Sunday will come qu- more quickly than you think every single week. And if you're called to preach, then guess what? You are called to get up and preach the Word of God. No matter how you feel, I've had a great week. I'm fine. Nothing wrong. But I'm just saying, you know, you but when you have a when you have a plan when God says, Okay, we're gonna go through this section of scripture, sometimes you get to stuff that you normally wouldn't wouldn't preach from because you know, we all have our things we go to, right? We all have our go-tos, you know? If I just got up here and started talking, I'm probably going to start talking about the same things over and over again. Just like Dave, when he gets up, he's got his heart for a certain thing. He's going he's to pound that same thing over and over again. When Ashley gets up, she's going to pound those same few things over and over again. We all have that, but when we look at the, we need the whole Word of God. And so sometimes, I'm just being honest and expressive. I talked to, to to Pastor Jerry earlier this week about this message, right, Jerry? And I was like, man, Jerry, this is one that you, you read through and you normally like, you don't just pick this one out because it's, it's kind of it's graphic. It's kind of like, what is going on in here? So you've been warned. <laughs> but the good news is, is this. When you seek the Lord, he begins to reveal himself in his word that this is the holy word of God. This is not just a book. This is not just a, a a bunch of truths or principles. This is the God-breathed written word of Jesus Christ. And he's speaking right here. My, the words are in red. Uh, if you have a red letter Bible, these words are all in red because this is, this is what Jesus said. And so he says it to the to the church in Thyatira. So Thyatira is a small town, a small city, excuse me, between Pergamos and Sardis. Those are a couple of the the nations. It was situated in a valley with no protection. And so over and over again, it was one of those places that was just stuck in the middle. It was just attacked and conquered, attacked and conquered. And we don't know anything else about this church except one thing. In Acts 16, the first convert, the first European convert, to Christianity, whose name was Lydia, a woman, she was from the city of Thyatira. Just interesting facts before we read the word here. So that's that's this city right here. And it was established probably sometime in one of Paul's journeys that wasn't mentioned or somebody that was sent from one of those churches that Paul Paul reached. They sent out others to reach this this city. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the word as we read it right now. Revelation 2, verse 18. It says this to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These are the words of the son of God. Whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds or I know your works, your love and faith, your service and perseverance and that's you are now doing more than you did at first. So you get the kind... This is the kind of church this was. This was an active church. This was a church that was pressing on to things. And they were doing more now than when, than when they first started. So there was an increase. There was, a, there was an increase of activity and ministry and things going on. But as we know with most of these messages, it's, there's, there's, like, there's like a little bit of a, uh, uh, a sandwich here that Jesus gives. You know, you're awesome, you're not awesome in this, and then you're awesome again, you know? So there's, there's a little bit, there's a correction in the middle here. So it says this, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. And I will repay each of you according to your deeds. See what I'm talking about? Jesus wasn't playing right here. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. To the one who's victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. That one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I've received authority from my father, I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the spirit says to the churches. Now you know I was telling Pastor Jerry I don't know what I'm going to preach on this section, right? I was like, "What? What? What is going on here? This is a serious rebuke." You know, the first church we went to was the Church of Ephesus, and they had they had the works without the love. Am I doing this right? Yes, they'd lost their first love. This church, in some ways, had the l- love with without the works but it wasn't the right love <laughs> they had something else that wasn't that wasn't love it was called tolerance you know in our culture those two words kind of mean the same thing now if you love me you'll tolerate who i am <laughs> Even if it's harmful to you or whatever, or harmful to myself, you know, you you need if if you disagree with who I am or what I'm doing, then you're you're being intolerant, right? You don't you don't you don't love me. But in the word of God, love refuses to tolerate certain things. Because if it's truly love, He can only tolerate something that is good. And so anything that will bring harm to you, if it's sinful or destructive, Jesus refuses to tolerate it because he loves you. Not because he doesn't love you, but he corrects you because he loves you. Now, if you grew up without loving correction, as I've probably said before, it's it's sometimes hard to receive God's correction in your life, right? Because you automatically begin to judge yourself and say, I'm not valuable or I'm not loved. You might feel unworthy or, or something like that. But Jesus is always coming to you from a place of love even when He corrects you. No one would allow their three-year-old to start a fire in the living room. That has not happened in my life. I'm not really, like, using, like, a real example. I just want you to know. So, it <laughs> would have been interesting, but uh, I'm glad it didn't happen. Um, but, I mean, even the world would say, no, you can't let your kids start a fire in the house if they're three years old, not even if they're 13, <laughs> Or 15, sorry. I know, i have just let him know tomorrow he can't start a fire in the house. <clears throat> and all the other ages, just to eliminate that for my literal children. So, <clears throat> nobody, no, none of us would say, oh, that's not loving. You're, you're not being loving to not let them do that. No, you're saying no because you don't want them to harm themselves and someone else. And it's the same thing with Jesus when he comes to this church and says, I, I, need to, I need to correct something in you. And here is the correction. They tolerated things they didn't need to tolerate. That's it. I mean, it doesn't matter that it was all this hor- horrible, horrific stuff. It doesn't matter if it's one little thing. It doesn't matter if it's a huge thing, but they're their problem and their issue was that they were willing to tolerate something rather than confront it and deal with it. You know, this woman, it says there was a woman called Jezebel. Um, We don't know if her, her name was, I don't think her name was actually Jezebel. I think he was using an expression to get them to understand the heart and spirit of what was going on within their church body. You know, does anybody remember the story of Jezebel in the Old Testament in the book of 1 Kings? Uh, If you don't know the story, uh, she was probably the most wicked queen there was, and she greatly hated, she greatly hated the work of God. It says when she became queen that she instantly had all the true prophets who were following the Lord killed. She searched them out to destroy them. So she wanted to destroy anything that had to do with God speaking to his people. She's the one, of course, that Elijah, you know, has the confrontation with. You know, they have the the contest with the prophets of Baal. And Elijah, you know, has the the contest and fire falls from heaven. But she was an intimidating lady because even after Elijah won the victory... Jezebel threatened him and said, I'm going to come kill you. And Elijah said, oh, I'm going to die. And, you know, something like that. And he, says he ran and said, oh, woe is me, God. I'm the only one left. Everyone's going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Eeyore is here and the world is going to hell. And he, that's, he, he ran from her. And so Jezebel, you know, also, was, she was not only... Um, violent and physically trying to, you know, stop the word of the Lord. She wanted to intimidate anybody who wanted to step out in boldness for Jesus, well, for the Lord. And so right here it says that this person in their church was leading them astray, leading them into immorality, leading them to say, hey, this is okay. This is okay. This is okay. Anybody seen some of this in in the modern Western church lately? It's, it's okay now. We, well, we don't want to address that. We don't want to talk about that issue right now. We can't, we can't say that, those types of things, right? Any, anybody heard that stuff? Well, we don't want to address those because that can like, drive people away. But in the Bible, it says that Jesus says, no, you cannot tolerate some things. You cannot start to say that it's suddenly okay to have sex before marriage. You can't suddenly start to say that it's okay that some people are just gay and it's, it's just the way they are. The Bible says these things are all sin. They're all None is worse than the other in terms of sin. It's all sin before God. It could be, oh, it's okay just to lose your temper every once in a while. Why do you tolerate that? Why do you tolerate Losing your temper. Why do you let a Jezebel into your life? I told you this is going to get serious here. <laughs> but Jezebel wants to shut down the work of God in your life. Who is, who is Jezebel empowered empower, by? Well, by the devil and his demons. So anytime the, the enemy is opposing you, he may come at you in the same way that Jezebel came at the prophets of God in the Old Testament. It's going to be to stop the word of the Lord and to get you to tolerate something in your life because of fear. Because either you're afraid to deal with it, you're afraid to confront it, or you just want to pretend it's not there, but it wants you to give in to intimidation and fear to say, I can't do it. Must confront instead of tolerate. It starts in us, right? We're not we're not even talking about going to well, here's this person over here. I've been waiting for the pastor to give me permission to go talk to them. Because <laughs> I really need to straighten out their life. <laughs> it needs to start here first, right? The, it starts here with we confront. What I am tolerating in my life that Jesus doesn't want in me. How did Jesus start off this? I think, you know, like I said last week, Jesus specifically starts off his message to each church by telling something about himself. Right? Last week it was... He had the word. He's like, my word is a sharp, double-edged sword. In other words, there's power in my words, what I'm declaring to you. And in this one, to this church, he says to us today, he's saying, guess what? Hey, I'm the son of God. He actually says it right here. Hey, this is, I'm the son of God. And my eyes are like blazing fire and my feet are like white, shining bronze, which is the most valuable type of, of metal in that time for that type of bronze. In other words, my eyes are filled with love and purity. You know, Jesus' eyes are burning with a fire. But it's a fire of love, but it's a fire also of holiness. He's got both. It's not one or the other. It's the fire of God's love because he's coming at you with With his love. He is coming at you with his love. He is is coming to reveal his love to you. And when his love is in you, he will begin to love you in a way that he will purify your life. He will change your life. He will say, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. I'm not going to tolerate this thing anymore. You need to let this thing go, whatever it is. You know what it is in your life, right? You know what it is that you're tolerating and you're just like, we're just not going to deal with that right now. No, are you, what are you tolerating in your life that is bringing harm to you? Jesus is addressing this church because he's like, hey, you're doing lots of good things. I'm glad you got a great ministry. I'm glad you got all these things. You're feeding lots of people in the community. I'm glad you're doing all these good works. And that's good. He didn't say to stop doing that, right? He didn't say, hey, don't do those things. He said, no. He said, but but you, you're tolerating this thing here, and it's going to affect your ability to minister and be a witness for Jesus. Galatians 6 says this. Also, sometimes we do need to confront beyond ourselves. Galatians 6 says this. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... You who live by the Spirit or you who are spiritual should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you'll also be tempted. So there is a time to confront one another, right? But it's in a spirit of gentleness and it's when you're in the right spirit. What did Jesus? How did Jesus say it, right? He said, first, take the log out of your eye, right? So you got you to get the the big bat out of your eye, right? A big piece of wood, the two-by-four, out of your eye first, right? Why is that? Because when you have something in your eye, when you go to them in love, they just get smacked. Even though you think you're trying to love them because you haven't dealt with the stuff here, you, you come across the wrong way and you end up smacking them with the log that's in your eye. Even though you meant your intention was to love them because... You're you're coming at that. But if you allow Jesus first to say, let's deal with this going on here. And then when you know you're at peace and you're like, I am not doing this out of angst. I'm not doing this out of anything other than, man, I love this person so much that I've got to go to him and say, and I've got to say, we've got to talk about this. I see this in your life and it's going to destroy you. I don't want you to be... I don't want you to be harmed then i am not coming at them with a log then i it says you know jesus says then you can take the splinter out of their eye right in other words i like to think of it like this anybody wear contacts who wears contacts here anybody okay there's a few of you know you know when the contact gets like folded up under your eyelid that's what i think jesus was talking about <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't if you've never had contacts uh First, if you don't need them, praise Jesus, let's believe for healing but uh if if you do um man, when something is in your eye it just you just it just bothers you it's affecting you all the time, and so wouldn't you want to be free from something that's affecting your vision and your ability to to interact and relate to one another that's what Jesus is saying look we we just want. If we have an open heart, if we have an open life, then we can allow change to happen and transformation. We can become new new people because we are new people. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a new creation. And so he is making you new more and more. If we refuse to confront, though, what happens here is he, he gives a description here and, you know, whether this is actually physical or spiritual, it's this. If we refuse to confront things in our lives, it produces spiritual infirmity, sickness, and death. That's what it says right here. If you keep letting this go, basically, that's what he's talking about. This is a specific issue, but if you keep letting this go, your children will die. In other words, you're, gonna, you're, gonna re, you're not going to be able to reproduce the life of the Spirit of God, it's going to produce death if you refuse to confront and you continue to tolerate things. You know, this is a word that the Lord gave me as I, was, as I was studying this, as I was praying over this, as I was seeking Him. And I really felt like sometimes what stops us is this, is that our own personal comfort is a substitute for intimacy and closeness with the Lord. We've substituted comfort for closeness with Jesus. When we refuse to confront issues in our own lives or, if we need to, issues in our relationships in, in the appropriate way, it's because we want to have this false sense of comfort. But comfort is really just a substitute, a poor false substitute for intimacy with God. Thank you, Jesus. What does he say right at the very end? In verse 23, he says, Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds. Now, I think this is a key here. Is to allow Jesus to search your heart and mind. It's don't. We're not supposed to go on a solo search, <laughs> a solo deep dive into our hearts and minds and say, let me find out what's wrong with me. <laughs> I know my wife's been telling me what's wrong with me. <laughs> I know my husband's been telling me what's wrong with me. Stop doing that, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm recovering too, so... <laughs> I know, you know, somebody else has told me what's wrong with me. But I need the one who loves me most to search my heart and my mind. What is this Psalm? It's Psalm 139, right? Psalm 139, that's the Psalm where it says, you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God knit me together in my mother's womb. But at the end, it says, God, you know, search me and know me. See if there is any offensive way in me. In other words, it's, it's the spirit of God, it's God himself that begins to search us and to, to shine the light in our life. So again, we're not, we're not just going on some personal search to try to figure out the issues in my heart. We're actually allowing the spirit of God to shine his light and say, we're going we're gonna to deal with this right now. Because I'm the one, I've got eyes of fire so I can see through anything. You may have closed the door. You may have shut it off. You may have locked the, you know, thrown away the key to that part of your heart. But I can you know, walk through walls and see through doors and all that stuff. Jesus says, I've got my eyes of fire, And we're just going to burn that thing away. And we're going to deal with it. Because I love you. And I refuse. I refuse to tolerate and let you tolerate this in your life. Because you're my son. You're my daughter. He has to do it. If he's a good father, he has to do it. He can't let you burn the living room down. Doesn't matter how fun it is in the moment. <laughs> or fun it would be. I don't know. Lighting fires is fun. Let's be honest, okay? It, it's fun. Just do it outside, right guys? Um, Boy Scout way. But invite Jesus to be the one to search your heart. Make sure it's him that's pointing out these things. Man, if Jesus needs to bring it straight, then he'll bring it straight. If he, know, he knows you, he knows how it needs to be communicated to you. Some of us do need the two by four, right? If Jesus wants to bring a two by four, he can bring the two by four, right? And go, Psh, hello. If you grew up in a situation where you need the gentleness, Jesus is going to show up with being as gentle and as, and as tender as he can. To say we're gonna we're gonna come into this this thing right now in your heart, and I'm I'm gonna we're gonna touch it. We're we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna allow my life to begin to minister into this very area of your life, but I can't let you tolerate it anymore. I can't let you tolerate it because I'm good. You know, there's two ways we can be led into tribulation, uh, and testing. Number one is consequences, like this church. It says in the end, what's going to happen? There's going to be, you're going you're to have all this stuff happen. <laughs> or it can be a test. If you find yourself in a tribulation because of your own life's consequences, the answer to that situation is to repent. That's the answer. It's, oh God, I'm in this situation because of my own doing. He knows that. Now repent, turn away from it, change, change your thinking about it, ask him to help you change your thinking about it. That's how you know you really want to be free from something is you don't really want it anymore. You can't tolerate, you can't tolerate it. Last week we were in the test, that was the test, or two weeks, maybe that was two weeks ago, we were in the thing where just sometimes you're led. It says, like Jesus says, Jesus was led by the Spirit to be tested. Didn't do anything wrong, it's just God going, guess what, you're going to get stronger. The only way to get stronger is to work you out. (laughs) You don't get stronger without working out, sorry. You've got to exercise your faith. You've got to put it to use, and then you'll get stronger. How do I know which season I'm in? How do I know if I'm in a tribulation because of my own consequences or because God has led me? Well, ask Him. Let Him search your heart and mind and say, here's why you're here. This is why this area of brokenness is in your life. Let's deal with it. You can say, okay, Lord, I want to give you this. I want to repent. I want to repent that I have allowed this in my life for this long. I repent for valuing this over other people. This could be whatever it is in your life. These are just ways we get to respond to the voice of God and the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Thank you, Father. So I invite you this week. I invite you this month. Take some time. And invite Jesus to search your heart and your mind. Let Him do it. Let Him do it again. If He doesn't show you anything, we're not trying to dig up skeletons here. We're not trying to dig up dead things that He's already taken care of. You know, sometimes that can be a temptation too. Is like, oh God, I know I had this. God's like, no, you took care of that. You're free. So if you're free, you're free. You don't have to dig that thing up. If that thing's been killed, you know, don't don't get a shovel and start digging up the grave. Okay. It's, it's, been, it's been buried, it's done. But if he highlights it and says, here's what's alive right now that we need to deal with. This is the one. Don't worry about that. Don't quit feeling guilty and shameful about that thing that I've already forgiven you of, but let's deal with what's in front of you right now. And we're going to deal with it with the light of God and the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to do it in a community of love. Sometimes you just need to invite somebody into that process, you know, somebody that you can trust. We're not saying we're going to confess to everybody up front. Everybody up front, let me know your, your, your worst thing. Let's, let's bring it all to the microphone here. We're also live streaming so your whole family can see it on the internet. We're not going to do that, but sometimes you need one or two people where you go, I got this thing that I know I'm tolerating it. I keep tolerating it. And I've got to let it go. I've got to stop. I need help. Somebody that you trust. Somebody that you know loves you. Somebody you know that has your best interest, And somebody spiritual. Somebody you know that, like, they know Jesus. Because we all need to be around somebody that knows Jesus more than us and somebody that knows Jesus less than us. Because you're being poured into by the person who's, for lack of a better term, seems closer to God. It's not... Literal, but it's maybe they've learned to grow in their relationship with the Lord. They're more mature in their relationship with God. But you also need someone who is maybe less mature because you're going to lead them. Because as you follow Jesus, you have something to give. Just as that word was saying. That you're you're not just the one that's always getting fixed. And you're like, okay, let's fix me again. (laughs) Bring it on, Lord. (laughs) No, you get to be a part of saying... Hey, guess what? Here's what God did in my life. Here's how he led me out of this in my past. And that thing now is dead in my life. I'll never go back there. Because Jesus killed it with his cross. <laughs> and he buried it with his blood. And it's gone. It's gone in my life. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's just stand. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit just to speak to us for just a minute here before we close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for searching our hearts. God, this is, Lord, maybe you just want to even highlight one thing right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you to search our hearts and our minds. Lord, see if there's any offensive way in us, anything in us that, that we need to just, we need to address. We need to not tolerate. It might not be a big deal. It might not seem like a big deal, Maybe. To someone else, but it's what you're highlighting right now. Could be an attitude. Could be just the way you talk to your kids. Could be the the way you do your job. I don't know. Could be some addiction you have. Whatever it is, Jesus is shining his light and saying, Now's the time. And what he wants from you is a repentant and surrendered heart. So, God, we repent. For anything we've tolerated too long, we've allowed it to just keep talking in our lives, just like this prophet was talking in this church. Somebody needed to say, This is wrong. You need to stop. And so we do that in our own life. Whatever voice is speaking to us, This is wrong. Stop talking. God, I cancel the voices of accusation and confusion. Thank you for searching our hearts and minds and renewing us by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for setting us free. God, I pray for freedom. God, I pray for, Lord, that every single person in this room and those who couldn't be here today, God, that they'll experience a freedom in you like they've never experienced. They'll experience a closeness with you. They won't just, it won't just be a comfortable thing. Lord, it'll be a closeness with you. It'll be, it'll be a love relationship with you that some of us didn't even think was possible. That those of us who are far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for those of us who might even feel far away that you're reminding us that we've been brought near through the blood of Christ. I want to pray over this, too. I prayed it earlier. I I just think anybody who's living with regret right now, I just I just invite you to surrender that regret for whatever it is in your past, whatever action it was. Maybe it's just something you said one time and you're just like, man, I just can't believe I did that. And it just keeps coming up over and over again. Right now, God is just saying, I want you to release that regret. I want to break the power of that voice in your life. That it does not have any influence over your present or your future. That it's in the past. And right now we place those things under the blood of Jesus. And so we, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to let us live without regrets of what happened in the past. It doesn't matter if it was just yesterday or if it was 20 years ago. Lord, we lay those things to rest, God. And we pray that you would seal the door by your blood. That that has no more access in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence in us. Help us stay close to you, God. Help us hear your voice. Let us know your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad for the word of God? Aren't you glad that the word searches us and changes us? Even if it's hard, he's good. So if you need prayer, come on up uh don't leave here without